Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, Scott and I are going to be talking about how to market to off-market sellers. How do you do direct-to-seller marketing? Now, Scott, I know it's been a little bit. We've been on a little bit of a recording hiatus, so I'm glad to be back in the studio. How are you doing, man? Honestly, it was lonely without you. (laughs) Two weeks of no recording was brutal. For those of you who don't know, we record our podcast in advance. So uh, this podcast is going to get posted a little late this week. Um, And we will be back on track. But uh, we've got some really great guests coming up. And I'm, you know, back on the train. And we're excited, dude. Yeah, I know we just wrapped up a good couple of guests back to back today. Obviously, it's just going to be you and I kind of sitting down and running through things. But exactly like you said, got some more really good guests coming up that we're excited for. So if you guys can make it through this episode of just the two of us, we promise we've got some more guests coming on. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk. So uh, our real topic today is going to be more about direct to seller marketing. The reason why is that we're coming into a time in our market where there's a lot of talk about, you know, um, market dropout and a recession and economic issues. And... If you're new to the business, the number one way to protect yourself against a recession is to be marketing constantly and be marketing to people who are actually interested in what you're doing, right? And so for us, we found the best way to do that is direct to seller uh, off-market leads, not as much buying off the MLS. And I don't think really you or I have either bought off the MLS, right? No, never. And not of a lot of investors we know, even big investors that I know of have bought deals off the MLS. I think I had just seen a post from another investor here in town, um, our old mentor, Jason, that he's ever only bought one deal off the MLS in you know, seven and a half, eight years. So the majority of the, the income, the compensation, the business you're going to find in this industry that is real estate investing is going to come from off-market sellers. So let's talk about it a little bit more. Um, Giving some context, the podcast is currently being recorded right as we're coming into the hottest time of the year, both, uh, you know, weather-wise and uh, busyness level, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be a lot of people who are trying to find the best way to find deals, right? The reason why is because people typically buy and sell a lot in the summer. Um, When you and I talk about direct-to-seller marketing, like, You want to explain what that means exactly for somebody who wouldn't already know what that is? Yeah. So direct-to-seller marketing is where uh, it's in the name. You're marketing directly to the seller. Now, how you do that is we've got quite a few options, right? You can pick up the phone and call the seller directly. Direct-to-seller, call them on the phone. Number two, you can send them a mail piece. Send a piece of mail directly to the seller. Um... Now, there's a handful of some other ones that aren't necessarily as direct to seller, but those are those are really two of our biggest ways to direct uh, to market, excuse me, directly to off market sellers is those are going to be our two big ones calling and mail. Yeah. So the purpose here is that uh, when you're in control of deal flow right now, that's going to be a really big indicator of your income. For the last few years, it's been easy to find money and it's been hard to find deals. So if you're the guy who has all the deals, you kind of are setting yourself up to be in a money-making opportunity, right? As things change, that's not always going to be the case, but we're going to have to live in the here and now. Um, so let's talk a little bit. I mean, there's pros and cons to every method, but there's really two big ones that we've done a lot of, and we're going to kind of take our time through it. But let's start with cold calling. That has been kind of our bread and butter, right? Cold calling, 
for anybody who's not super familiar, it's the idea that you are going, pulling lists of information for seller's contacts. You go, you skip trace it, which is a term used for finding the public information that would be tied, you know, phone number, addresses, things of that sort. So that way you can actually, you know, call up as many sellers as you can and talk to them on the phone. Now, the whole point of the strategy is volume, right? And it's a more time intensive process. But if you're newer, I think this is a pretty easy way to get direct to seller marketing leads. Yeah, especially if you're newer, it's one of the lowest barriers to entry for direct to seller marketing because even if you know you don't have a huge marketing budget, which you know little to no people do when they start in this business, only takes a couple hundred bucks to go pull some information and throw it into a dialer that's also, you know, call it a hundred bucks a month, right? And being able to just do it at that much volume, that's literally one of the first things we recommend for people who are trying to get into this business saying, you know, what do I do? You know, how much money do I need? Blah, 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 blah. It's really that simple. One of the first things we recommend is just to pick up the phone and call as many sellers as you can. And that's one of the benefits of cold calling, right? You're able to you know, scale at volume to the number of dials you're doing. You can call a massive amount of people. Yes, it is time intensive, but the number of people you can reach while cold calling is massive. Right. And there, one of the things that we what we were talking about when we were thinking about the episode is in regards to the scales, right? There's levels to it, right? Yeah. So if you're new to the industry and you don't have a ton of experience, you don't have a ton of time or money, right? And you're doing this on the side, Cold calling could be something as simple as you pull a list of 100 people, you go, you get the information off of a skip tracing company, and then you go finger dial. And finger dialing is literally you take your phone, you tap in the numbers, ring, ring, ring. If you get them, great. If not, okay, you're done. And then you can ramp that up all the way up into a, a huge company, right? And you could have, you know, 10 callers going at all points in time, calling 10 numbers at once, tearing through 100,000 leads a month, right? totally different businesses, but you can scale from one all the way to the next, right? Yeah, and I think the value, if you ask any of the bigger investors here in town, obviously if you ask us, we talk up cold calling a lot, right? And I think one of the pros is one like we've talked about, it's very easy to pick up the phone and make the calls, right? I remember this was a point last year, 2021, where there was like a long, lull in my business and I was getting lazy and there, you know, I was sitting there trying to figure out what, what do I do to start bringing in leads, right? Cause if you're not doing the income generating activities, doing any of this direct to seller marketing, like cold calling, you're not going to have leads and you're not going to have business, right? So I sat with one of our mentors and then I hit the ground running. I was like, I'm going to do my lead generation from nine to 11, Monday through Friday, I'm going to sit there and be on the phones myself and make the calls. And not two months later are the benefits of sitting down and making those calls. You know, the fruits of that labor started to started to bear, which is exactly what we recommend cold calling for. Right. The value with cold calling is also that there's like a level of skill, right? So if you're somebody who's a little bit smoother, you know, on the phone, um, it takes a little bit less time to find a deal than, you know, other methods of finding deals, right? So if you're on the MLS or something like that, you know, it all, it really comes down to who do you know? Like, do you have a connection with an agent? And are you writing the best offers? If you're cold calling, you remove a little bit of the barrier because 
if you're able to become their friend, if you're able to solve the problems, if you're the person who presents the best, you don't necessarily have to be the best price. And you also have a little bit of an ability to um, just speed up the process, right? If you're not a great talker, this is kind of the inverse, Mm -hmm. you might find a little bit of a problem here, right? Because it's going to take a little bit of time for you to be able to get to the point where you can present really well, um, articulate yourself, solve problems. If you have no sales experience, sometimes that can be a little difficult, right? Um, but it's it's an opportunity where skill set can really affect your your growth, right? Yeah. And we're talking about a, a lot of the pros and a lot of the positives to cold calling. Obviously, there are some caveats to this, right? The, the first one I can think of off the top of my head is when you're doing um, all of this calling at volume, Obviously, this type of marketing, you are making outbound calls, right? Right, And outbound meaning you are reaching out to your potential clients or sellers and doing prospecting that way, as opposed to direct mail, which we'll get to in a bit. When you send something out, your potential seller or potential client has to pick up the phone and they call you which would be the you know the inverse of outbound that would be an inbound lead or an inbound way of marketing so with that outbound you know there's a lot of things and we deal with this on the phone all the time we tell people to expect this when you pick up the phone and start to cold call is you're going to lo- get going to get a lot of piss offs you're going to get a lot of f offs right you're it it's a numbers game which is what we talked about you're trying to talk to the most amount of people at volume because that's really what you need in order to get good quality leads. Right. I think what you're hinting at is that when you're doing a lot of cold calling, unless you're not the person doing the immediate calls, which in most cases, I'm going to guess everybody's going to start by calling. um, There's a level of being able to take rejection and learning to live with rejection and not get you know, beat down when you get somebody who's negative to you. Right. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other marketing methods you don't have to deal with the same rejection levels. So it's just the cost of doing business as a cold caller is, you know, it's mentally draining. You know, it's just, it's it's being on the phone for a significant chunk of your day, for multiple days of a week, for multiple weeks of the month, for multiple months of the year, and you continue to do it over a long period of time, you're going to find financial success. And where you're not paying in monetary costs, because this is a much cheaper way of marketing, you're paying in time, and you're paying in rejection, right? There's a lot of heartache that comes from getting told F off a lot. You know, it takes some pretty, you know, pretty significant time on a dialer to really get comfortable and laugh off what some people will say. Yeah, and that leads us to a good point that I want to touch on too, which is we get a lot of people asking, you know, hey, are you making the calls yourself? Are you paying someone to make the calls? What are you doing? And and this, that, and the other, right? And I want to emphasize and I think I speak for both. I know for a fact I speak on both of us or for both of us when I say this, that both of us were at a point in our business where our business was making six figures before we even, you know, hired on and, you know, delegated that calling, right? So we were doing all of our lead generation. We were doing the calling. We were doing all of the direct to seller marketing and, I think for the majority of new investors out there who don't have the funds to just throw, 
to a VA company and, and hire on some callers, right? It, you kind of earn your stripes. You kind of get get down there on the front lines yeah. and and learn the business of talking on the phone because even if you delegate that out, you're still that that's just the first level of the call, right? right. You're still going to have to talk to that seller after that lead is pushed through. So, I think it's important um, for all of the new investors and people looking to get into this business out there to learn how to talk on the phone, both yeah. not only to bring in leads, but also for your own skill set to go far in this business. Yeah, I think there's value in, in starting as a caller. If you're going to go down a cold calling route, being the expert at cold calling is going to be key, right? You can't train somebody up on how to do a job if you haven't done it, or you haven't had somebody around you who's done it a lot, who's there to help you, right? So for us, the value was that we were calling for a couple years before we started outsourcing any of that. And we were used to being on the phone. And the great thing, like, let's not just talk about the negatives. When you're calling on the phone, you get to hear what other sellers are saying. Yeah. So you know, generically, okay, when a person says, you know, a certain thing, I can expect this other thing to happen, right? And so that's been really, really key. And then as you progress in your business, right, as your performance gets, you know, better and better, your skill set will start shining through in the amount of deals that you're closing and how much your deals are making you. At some point, then you decide to yourself, if I hire on two other people and they call for the same amount of time I was calling, hypothetically, if I train them, they're going to be doubling the amount of leads coming in. And if I'm getting this good at closing out deals, all of a sudden, I can close twice as much business. And then you're making a decision and it's a financial business decision. Am I able to afford $4,000 a month in order to get the leads that leave me the opportunity to close on them to make double whatever my income was, right? And now you're making that decision. What what you and I are doing is a little bit different than what other people are gonna start. And then also there's guys above <laughs> us who have entire teams and they have acquisition teams and everything like that, that we're not at, right? Yeah. So cold calling is really cool because it's a very scalable model, right? Yeah. Now. Wrapping up with cold calling, let's flip over to direct mail, which is another one of the big tried and true methods of marketing direct to sellers. Now, direct mail is the process of placing a mail order. You know, uh, whether you're, I know investors who wrote their own letters, stuffed the envelopes, paid for the postage, did all the handwriting and, and that stuff and sent it out. But sending a letter, basically asking a seller if they're interested in selling their property and mailing that directly to the seller. Right. Now, there's a couple different ways to go about direct mail marketing and Obviously, different companies out there, different ways you can do it. You can do it on your own, like I was talking about. But this is where direct mail, your cost is really going to fluctuate because the barrier to entry to direct mail is higher than that of cold calling because you are going to have to have a set-aside marketing budget to send out mail on a consistent basis, right? Right. Whether you're pulling a specific list, sending to a specific neighborhood, um, whatever it is, if you want to send that mail on a consistent basis so you are in front of those sellers at least once a month, once every 45 days, you're going to have to have the money to send that out. Right. And just like cold calling, we didn't mention this, but with cold calling or direct mail, if you're going to start a marketing campaign, make sure that you can afford to do it for an extended period of time. 
if you say you just have 2000 bucks, don't pull a list that's going to cost you $2,000 to mail, right? Pull a list that's going to cost you 500 bucks to mail and keep your $2,000 prepared so that you can mail it for four months. We have a rule that we try to follow. Don't start a campaign if you can't mail it for six to 12 months minimum. Mm-hmm. Because we know in our business, it takes time to find a seller who's going to call you, right? They need to get familiar with you. It's going to take seven attempts to get them to you know, get on the phone. So you can't rush into it. Just because you're mailing direct to a seller doesn't mean that they're ready to sell right this moment. The listings that hit the MLS took time to you know, create and procure. And then all of a sudden, when they hit the market, everybody floods over to them. This is a little different. You're laying the seeds and starting to like develop that, they call it a farm, develop that farm where all of a sudden you keep farming that area. It's going to start popping off deals, right? Yeah. So comparatively to, let's say a cold calling campaign where you can pull a list of, you know, like 5,000 records for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And throw it into a dialer and sit there and take the time to make the calls for direct mail. If you wanted to mail 5,000 people, that's going to be very, very, very three grand expensive. Right. So even though direct mail, your cost is directly proportional to the number of people you want to mail. Like we had mentioned earlier, the quality of those leads that are inbounded from direct mail most typically are stronger quality leads than the ones you're getting typically with outbound marketing. And the reason why is because they had to actually reach out to you. You didn't make a full contact with them. You gave them a reason to call you and then they called you. So there had to been some motivation, right? They had to sit there, read your postcard, read your letter, look at your phone number, pull out their phone, type in, you know, your phone number in there with the intent of talking to you on the phone. Right. Which when we see those type of inbound leads, one, yes, you'll still get the people who are pissed off and want and will call you and tell tell you to never mail me again. I I don't want to hear from you, right? And you're always going to get that. But conversely, like we just said, the other people who are going to be reaching out are typically higher quality, highly uh, more motivated because they had to pick up the phone to call you. Right. The other thing is with direct mail. Uh, when you're doing direct mail and sellers are, are reading your postcards, even when you stop, they kind of still trickle in, right? Mm-hmm. So reason why we say you want to keep it for a period of time is because they might see your postcard and hold on to it for a while. And they might actually call you when the timing's right. So they're very time sensitive. So if you're looking for something that's more going to pop off right when you get the lead, direct mail might actually be better that way. Whereas cold calling, they might say, yeah, I'd take an offer in three to six months. A direct mail lead's not going to call you and say, I'm going to sell in three to six months, right? They're going to wait. And then when their mailer comes in three to six months, they're going to see it and they're going to say, oh, I want to sell. This guy's been mailing me. I'm going to call him. Yeah. And I know we both can attest with our own examples to that. One I'll just share really quickly is I had sent a mail order back in December of 21. Um, You know, didn't get a ton of calls, nothing really. And then... February, March comes around two or three months later and I get this call off of the mailer I had sent in December and immediately got the call that day. You know, an hour and a half later, I was at the house and an hour and a half after that, I had the signed contract. So exactly like you were saying, when people are calling you off a direct mail, they're usually 
in a position to want to sell more quickly. Right. Even if you've sent the piece of mail months before. Right. So that's one of the big differences too between the two systems is one, you are building your your funnel, cold calling, you're building your funnel, packing it jam tight and follow up is key, right? Whereas mailing, you're doing a lot of work up front to get in front of that lead. And then when they come in, they're usually very quick, right? So you, typically my experience has been I have way less mailing leads, but I have a higher conversion ratio on them because... Mm-hmm. By the time they call me, they're already either ready to sell or they're highly motivated for a specific reason that when the timing's right, they still will sell. Yeah. You know, a cold caller, they might say to themselves, ah, I was in a good mood and I just talked to the guy and gave him some info and now they're going to call me every four months for the next three years and I might sell, I might not, right? Yeah. Another thing real quick that I just remembered that we had wanted to do, because we get a lot of questions on, and I'm going to start on the cold calling aspect, you know, what programs do I use? What, you know, do I need to buy this, that, and the other, right? And we'll just speak from our experience in what we've used and what we've found to be helpful, right? So on the cold calling side, you know, real quick, what you had mentioned skip tracing and skip tracing. When you pull a list, you need to get that seller's contact information somehow so you can call them, right? So the main service we use to skip trace batch skip tracing, costs, you know, 12, 14 cents per record to give you up to 10 phone numbers that you can then throw in a dialer. And we've talked about dialers before. Dialers let you call a crap ton of people, crap ton of lines at the same time, first person to pick up you're connected to. Right. Allows you to save time than sending their finger dialing. A couple of the dialers we've used and that we like and we found success with have been one, Mojo Dialer. If you're starting out, Mojo is a really, really simple program and it's a little bit uh, easier to understand. And two would be call tools. But exactly like you said, I think we usually recommend newer investors just starting um, want something that's easier to understand you know, throw on Mojo and Mojo's like what? 99 bucks a month or, mm-hmm. you know, 109 bucks a month. Yeah. So something like that. Yeah. So if you're getting started, the reason why you use Mojo is because it's more user friendly. If you're getting into turning this into a bigger business, call tools typically tends to be where people go. Uh, a lot more tools in there to like um, manipulate data, manipulate yep. um, refreshing lists, changing out phone numbers, things like that. Um, but I would say if, if, your whole goal is to get started, pick the lower uh, barrier to entry, which would be Mojo. And then as time goes on, you can upgrade. Yeah. And um, on the direct mail side, one company that I'll, that I'll just drop real quick, Yellow Letter HQ. We had a lot of um, experience in play. I had a lot of experience placing those mail orders for other investors when I was an assistant. Um, right. They do letters, postcards. We've both used yellow letter in the past to send our direct mail. Um, quite a, quite a few others out there too. And like I said, I know plenty of investors. I've done this ourselves. We still do this. We'll still pull out letters and, and handwrite them and send them out. Right. And Scott, if you guys are watching, watching, yeah, you can go to target and for what, like seven bucks, you can get, uh, a 200 count of the multicolored envelopes. And the reason we get those is because we think they look better. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And we'll, yeah, we still, to this day, we handwrite a lot of, if we do driving for dollars and we see a particularly difficult property, and then we see that maybe there's some other motivation, age, you know, out of area, whatever, we'll write them handwritten letters because, you know, it takes 
what five five seconds, ten seconds to just boom, 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 just bang that out. You send it in the mail, and then who knows? You know, I've gotten a lot of calls from that. I'll share a direct mail experience recently. Is uh, I was trying to buy my personal residence off the MLS. Talk about buying off the MLS. And I just kept getting outbid. We couldn't find the property that we really liked. And so my fiance and I, instead of just letting it be this big deal where we can't get a house and blah, 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 because we're in a competitive price point, we said, well, why don't we just use the same tactics we've been using to find deals off market? So we wrote 1,800 handwritten letters um, and mailed them to a list of houses that fit our exact criteria. We looked in a specific zip code with a specific bed bath count with a specific lot size. And we looked for properties that haven't sold in the last two years. The reason for that is that uh, if you sell within two years of buying, you have to pay capital gains um, if it's your primary residence. And we went through all that. And I sent out the mail like two months ago or a month and a half ago. It took about four, 48 hours maybe. Um, I got my first phone call. And from then for that, you know, following three weeks, I got probably 30 something phone calls. I'm still getting them to this day of people who are like, hey, yeah, we're interested. Come take a look at our house. And Kayla and I were able to put a house under contract from direct mail. And that was with a traditional purchase. So this isn't even just a, you have to be an investor willing to pay cash. If you're able to come up with, you know, creative reasons why somebody should work with you, you can find off market deals. And I think that this is really an important lesson is, you know, especially in a turning market where things are starting to, you know, you know, change the people who stay the same are not going to find any deals. And if you can control where the deals are coming from and you can control your deal flow or your velocity, all of a sudden you can make a lot better financial moves, right? Yeah. And uh, speaking of important lessons, I want to make a quick point. Might be a rude awakening for some people listening, but uh, I want you guys to take this as, you know, like tough love, right? If you're out there wanting to get into real estate investing, you're a newbie investor, and you're sitting there telling yourself, I don't have the money, I can't do any direct mail, I can't spend money um, on a dialer, I can't skip trace anything, so, you know, poor me, woe me, right? One, if you're sitting there telling yourself and giving yourself all that negative self-talk, maybe you shouldn't be getting into the business to start with because you are not gonna find success. One, go out there, get a second job, work in the restaurant industry. Both of us have done that in order to help pay for marketing stuff and do this, that, and the other, right? It's gonna take a little bit of money to go out and make money, right? So go and pay for the $99 dialer, go and pay for the 50 cent uh stamps that you need to go and send out a mailer, right? Spend the time, sit down, and if you can't pay for you know postcards or letters on direct mail, take some time, go out, make a driving for dollars list. You have your list of, you know, to start 50 houses, 100 houses, 150 houses. Sit there, take some time, write out some letters, type out some letters, do mail merge. There's all these tools available to you and go out and pay for the 50 cent stamp and go and send the mail, right? Put in the work. It's going to take a little bit of money to go and make money, but that's the reality of it, Yeah. right? So if you're sitting there telling yourself and giving yourself the excuses that you can't afford anything, 
I'm telling you guys right now, you need to sit back and reevaluate that because if you can't afford a $99 subscription, go out and find a way to <laughs> to pay for the $99 subscription if you're wanting to find success in this business. Absolutely. I think uh, we'll wrap it up with this. As the market's turning, you can't sit back and wait for a deal to come to you. At this point, if you've been just eating from the bread basket and you've had deals just flowing in and you aren't doing any outbound marketing, you don't have a business. You have a hobby and it's doing great now. But as the market turns into a more balanced market, and if we hit an economic recession, you better be prepared to start having deal flow or else you're not going to make it. So we wanted to do this podcast, you know, shed some light on what the what our successes have been in direct marketing, um, direct to seller. And if you guys have questions, we're happy to share all the tools we're using. We'll, we'll show you how we do it. Um, and it's going to come down to you on whether you have the grit to actually follow through. Yeah, you and real quick, I know we're wrapping up. You you mentioned with this kind of overlooming thing of what's going to happen with the market, right? And we've talked about this, we've heard this from other investors. The people who are going to succeed and push through a, you know, a downturn or a shift in whatever market you're in are the people who are sticking to the basics, right? Cold calling direct mail, stuff that is tried and true to bring in leads and methods that are tried and true of direct to seller marketing. The people who are sticking to the basics and doing it well are the people who are going to outlast and see success in this business. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. That's kind of yeah. hit, hit all the main points we wanted to talk about. And like we mentioned, we've got some good guests coming up in the next couple episodes. Um, one of which who we've wanted to have on for a couple of weeks, but you know, due to, due to some scheduling stuff and um, we haven't been able to have them on yet. So I'm excited. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. It's a little bit shorter this week. Um, if you guys have any questions uh, specifically on this episode on how to cold call, how to get started, give us a call. We have office hours on Thursdays. And uh, if you need our phone number, mine's 559-430-4462. Cade, Five five nine nine zero seven nine three three four. We truly believe in helping you guys. We're not here to just try to preach you guys smoke and mirrors. We're here to show you how it works. And if you guys are able to give us a phone call, we're able to give you some time to show you how to do it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.